You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Grayson Warren, welcome back to Behind the Bliss Podcast. I'm so excited to have you back. What's up, Rachel? I'm so excited too. I just, I'm so pumped to be here. So for anyone listening that isn't familiar with Grayson's story, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to her episode. We will link it in the show notes. It's powerful. It's one about sexual redemption. If you have a sexual past and you feel like this can be an awkward topic, which maybe that's why you press play. We're glad you're here. And I think Grayson's story can 100% help you or even speak to your position. So the fact, Grayson, that you said yes to coming back rocks my world. Like this is going to be so fun. (laughs) It is the funniest thing. This is one of those like true examples where they say like your greatest like pain and suffering will be your ministry. I just never in a million years dreamed that I would be the sex podcast girl. (laughs) Somehow (laughs) here we are. That's who I am. You were like, well, you shared this with me before we recorded, but I think it'd be so cool for you to share like why this was so wild that I ended up texting you because I think it also shows that there can be growth and healing in this area. You don't have to stay where you are. In fact, like God can use your story and other stories and other people's lives when you say like, hey, God, where are you? Like, I want to show up and be in that place too. So will you share a little fun like God wink with people listening? Um, So it was so crazy. I have a tendency to do this whenever I feel like the weight of just like sexual sin or I just see it happening to younger girls or something like that. A prayer that I always pray is just, God, will, will you show me where you're already moving in this area and show me how I can step into it? Um, and I have prayed that prayer multiple times and it is so crazy God's timing. It'll be weeks after I prayed that prayer that I'll get a phone call to be on a podcast. But this time I had just listened to kind of a secular podcast about sex and it broke my heart and I prayed that prayer. And the next morning I woke up to a text message from Rachel saying, Hey, we're having a summer (laughs) series talking about sex. Will you come talk? And I'm like, well, whether I want to or not, I think that this is an answer to prayer. So here we are. Yes. Oh my gosh. So, so cool. And then give people just like a spark notes version if you can about your story and then if they want more details or more depth they can go to the full episode but i just want people to know like this girl she like we're all qualified to talk about this topic because we've been given the power through the spirit of god to talk about things that are important to him and sex is one of those things so i just want to first say like we're all qualified to talk about this topic but i just admire grayson's like here i am send me i want to talk about it even though people can like back up away from it. And I feel like that does come from your story and what you've walked through and what you've healed from. So just like, yeah, spark notes, short version. What's yes. up? Yes. <laughs> like, spark why notes. are you here? I yeah. love spark notes. I was the spark notes kid in high school that never touched a novel and somehow made today. So I can do this. <laughs> that was my you. husband. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, so basically I um, grew up in a Christian household, but I did not start following the Lord until I was in college. So with that delay and decision to follow the Lord came a lot of sexual brokenness, lots of sexual promiscuity. Um, I entered into marriage with my husband with a lot of 
baggage that I thought I had sorted through. But after being in marriage, um, I also realized I was very immature sexually. My understanding of sexual intimacy was just um, so skewed from a lot of my past. And so very quickly within our marriage, my husband and I realized that we were going to need to pursue counseling in this area due to a lot of the trauma and baggage that I had brought into our relationship. So we went through um, some years of intensive counseling, specifically in regards to our intimacy. Um, and I feel like I can now just confidently walk in the woman that I am and who God created me to be and in my femininity. And um, even just from when we talked two years ago, Rachel, and I was sharing my story, just the testimony I can continue to proclaim of God's goodness okay. and how far He has brought Will and I in this area of our marriage. And so definitely if you have any trauma or just, um, past sexual experiences that you feel like are haunting you or that you have a hard time forgiving yourself for, for sure go back and listen to that first episode, but also feel free to reach out to me because that is my heart and my passion and kind of how I love ministering to those around me. Oh, I love it. Yes. And you're really good about speaking to it and even like speaking hope into the situation, which I think is so special and really awesome that you have that perspective of, I know the trauma and I know the past and I know the pain and shame that it can come with, but that's not the end of the story. And in fact, like, let me share with you like my hope and my journey and how this is totally possible. So you're like, yeah, it's like my favorite thing ever. Um, Okay, so today's conversation for people that are curious about like what the heck we're going to talk about. This is all about like healthy sex. I want to chat through this idea because I feel like I'm just going to say something. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but I feel like Christian culture can make sex so weird. Like either you, you don't have sex and then all of a sudden you do and then you should have sex. And I want this to be a good safe, healthy conversation about what healthy sex looks like in marriage. So we're just going to go there. Yes. I'm so glad we're going there. And I know that you said that you are obviously going through um, and like have gone through lots of healing in this area. Do you feel like you guys are at a healthy point? And it's okay if you say yes. And it's okay if you say no, like, I just want you to be honest. Like, do you feel like you guys are at a place where you're like, yeah, no, I think this is something that like, we haven't completely figured out. I don't know if we'll ever fully figure it out, but you feel like you know, healthy sex is something that you and Will are able to share. Yes, Rachel. And I just never would have dreamed the extent to which I could be able to proclaim that testimony. I actually like on this note, I pulled up just kind of our journal when Will and I started sex counseling. And one of the questions that it asked me, it said, sexually, I view myself as, and I had to fill in the blank. And so in 2018, I said, sexually, I view myself as broken, scarred, used, having potential, trapped, scared, not living up to standards, and boring. And those were the wow. words I used to describe my sex life just a few years ago. And then in 2022, I'll share some of the words. I'm not going to give you guys all the intimate details, but the words <laughs> that I would use to describe myself are free, open to new experiences with will, sexy, confident, growing and learning, and in touch with my mind and body and beautiful and feminine. And those are just like some of the things. body chills. Isn't that wild? And I just like, yeah. I really want you guys to hear that because 
like hear the words that I said before and what they are now. And if you're in a season where you feel hopeless or it feels really hard or it feels really daunting, I just want you to hear those words and know that you can get to a place with your spouse where you do feel like you love yourself and you love your intimate life. And it's something that you're proud of together. And so, yes, always proclaiming that encouragement. And just I love that you asked that question. Wow. Like what? an actual difference between like Isn't that wild? how many years is that like four years yeah 2018 now. to 2022 but I'm like that is literally a completely like flipped perspective of who you are how you show up and what you have to offer your marriage right. sexually like that is so cool oh my gosh I literally had full body chills I think though that we should set a blank page because you and I I feel like we are both very like I don't know how to say this so I'm just gonna say it I feel like I'm going to say that throughout this entire episode because I'm like, we're talking about sex. Things might get a little spicy. Um, I feel like we're both like really fun, flirty, like sexy women in the bedroom. And like we can be because like we have that confidence or whatever. But I want to like speak to what actually healthy sex is for people that might be coming to this conversation and like pulling a seat up at the table. And they're like, I don't even have like a way to measure where I am as far as like my health in sex goes. So like, would you just, maybe if you could define what healthy sex is, and I can even give my definition too, after you do, just to give people like a full rounded picture of what this idea is. Yeah. I think one thing that I have learned is that it's all about sexual integrity, sexual maturity. Um, It's not this like level of achievement or something in the bedroom. It's not living up to some standard that you've set for yourself. It is complete intimacy with your spouse. And that doesn't just mean like intercourse sex. There are so many other actions and things that fall under the umbrella of intimacy and sex that create a healthy marriage, which therefore drives your intimacy within your bedroom. Um, and so I, or not in your bedroom, I don't know, <laughs> wherever you <laughs> Anywhere. want it to be, yeah. you know, that's healthy, right? Um, so I just, I don't want you to come and like, look at yourself on the spectrum and be like, I'm a zero out of 10. Like um, there, t- it takes time to invest in your relationship and in the intimate part of your marriage and in so many different things I think we'll uncover this a little bit more as we go but our intimate lives like with our spouses also reveal so much about our intimate lives with our creator and with Jesus Christ there is so much overlap and so I kind of think that answers the question it's also a little bit all over the place but I want to hear your definition yeah no I 100% say that I feel like to me healthy and this is the cool thing is like it's going to mean something different to everyone depending on how you were raised what your expectations are what your marriage is currently like where you are even in relationships that like everything can change what healthy sex is to you but I will say like overall general I love your definition because that can apply to everybody and I would even say it's the intimacy level where you feel confident and secure and safe enough to yes. explore new things to know that um, you're safe, you're loved, that it's like fun and not just something you're checking off a box because it's been four days. Like it's something that you are like looking forward to, which there's definitely days, Grace, and you probably agree with me. Like there's definitely days that I'm like, I am not feeling it. Just like either my body's off or my hormones are weird or whatever. Like 
I even remember, I feel like my entire first pregnancy with Maddox, I just was like, oh my gosh, Lord, like open up my heart to this because I just don't want to be touched right now. I have a human alien growing inside of me. Like it just was so weird, but like overcoming that hump and being like, but still like, I look forward to spending this time with my husband or like, I look forward for him coming home and like us even spending time together. Like you said, regardless if it's intercourse or not. So yeah, I feel like when you've like entered into this intimacy where you feel confident and safe and are able to explore new things or just like laugh or if something funny happens, it's not like awkward or weird or about performance. Like it's just something between the two of you that's just safe and bonding. I think that's what healthy sex is to me. Um, Yeah. So that's that's where I come to this table. Like that's what I, I can bring to this conversation. Yes, absolutely support everything that you just said in that and couldn't agree more. I think that especially as women, I think our idea of what healthy sex looks like is totally dependent. And I love what you said on like our intimacy with our creator and then therefore like how we're viewing ourselves and how we view ourselves totally, I feel like determines an outcome or a lack yes. of outcome yeah. <laughs> in and- our relationship. One thing I would ask too, like if you feel like you're struggling with intimacy with yourself, like something that I realized is like, what does intimacy look like across the board for you? Like, do your friendships feel deep and intimate? Does your time with the Lord feel deep and intimate? Like, is, is are there just like areas of intimacy in general that you're struggling with? Or is it like specifically related to intimacy with your spouse? Because intimacy like as a whole could just be something that you struggle with. And that's really hard. Wow. And that's when you yeah. have to kind of begin to ask yourself those why questions. Like, why am I having a hard time connecting in this way? Or why is this so fill in the blank? And for it's going to be a different answer for everybody. Like, it could be that because you do have a sexual past that you're having a really hard time sorting through. It could be like, why do I feel this way? Well, because my husband and I have never really talked about these things and I don't know how to communicate my needs. Or it could be like, oh, I don't really know my body and I don't really know what feels good. And like, there's so many things that you can fill in the blank of like why you're having a hard time connecting intimately um, that are so specific to you as a person. And also, I just want to say too, like, be comfortable with it taking time. Like when you vowed to be married to your husband, you vowed from now till the end and you have nothing but time to work on this. And it's okay. Like if you don't, yes. it's not like a master course and you're finished in a week and it's done and everything's better. And you're performing <laughs> at this level, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, give yourself yeah. grace in like years of a timeline, like years of a timeline are a good thing, a great thing. And I just want to remind people that because sometimes too, you can even get on a podcast or whatever and immediately expect to be better. And it's just not how it works, you know? Yes. Oh, so good. I think with that, like, as you find healing, there's other things that are now you're aware to that you weren't, that you weren't aware of before you found the healing, if that makes sense. So like, let me give you an example. Like if I found healing in like my intimacy with Thomas and I realized like, okay, like we've had a moment where we had some kind of like revelation and we're like, wow, like this works for us. Or like, this does not work for us or whatever. Moving forward that next week, I might see something that I'm like, oh, I don't like that. And this has always happened. And I never realized I didn't like that, but because I was so, I guess, concentrated on the bigger picture, like uncomfortable, whatever. I wasn't able to realize like this small detail is actually really bothering me. So I wasn't able to actually share that with him. But once I found 
a greater healing. I'm not saying this well. Okay. When we move towards healing, I feel like we're able to actually become aware of things like smaller things that might be getting in the way of intimacy. So I love that it takes time. Like it takes experiences and figuring out like, I love that. I don't like that. And his preferences and your preferences to create something that you're like, this is totally ours and only ours. And that's the intimacy that like cannot be replaced by anything else on the, on the planet. And that is such a cool thing to share and a bond to have with your spouse. Yes, a hundred percent. Like I agree with that so much. And I feel like when you think about this on anything too, outside of intimacy, like you have to be willing to put in the work for intimacy and that takes time to do. Um, and you have to have the faith to see that God's going to move and, and he's going to take action and you have to develop that desire for yourself. So you have to really want it for yourself. You can't want it for him. You can't want it because it seems like your friends have a good sex life. You can't want it because you think it'll win his approval. You have to want it for yourself. And again, this like mirrors our relationship with Christ too. Like I can't make you want to love Jesus. You have to want it for yourself and then you'll be able to put in the discipline and the work that it takes to get to know Jesus at an intimate level. And so that's the exact same in our intimate life. We have to be willing to put in the work. And one of the things too, that I love about the overlap is it, is it all stems from love. Like we can be intimate with Jesus because we love him. We can be intimate with our spouse because we love them. And that love is what motivates us to put in the work to say, Hey, I want to show up in this area because I desire so deeply to love you well. And that was my driving desire of like, I just, I desire so deeply to love Will well. I desire it for myself and for him, for us to find healing so that we can come to a place where, like you're saying, we have those shared experiences that make us uniquely us and make our intimate life ours where we can share those experiences that nobody else gets to experience with us. And so, yes, I love that. But yeah, putting in the work, it takes hard work. Like it's also the same concept of like, there's no way in heck, like I'm going to be an Olympic gymnast if I don't put in the work, you know, you're not going to be comfortable or confident if you're not willing to put in the hard work that it takes to create that for for yourselves, you know? Oh, yes. So good. I think I would love, I'm like, I'm just so curious. I would love for you to share some of the things that you did to put in the work practically with you. Like, what did that look like for you guys? Are there things that people could start doing today if they're listening that they're like, oh, I want to move towards health, whatever. I would love for you just to like spill it all. Yes. Okay. And I love this question. And just remember, like I'm speaking personally from what what I did. um, And it it did all start from for us going to counseling. Um, I think I listened to your podcast with you and Thomas. And I love how one of y'all said something about like creating a language that you have with each other. Um, And so counseling gave Will and I a language to be able to talk about intimacy. And like you would think we we like live in such a sexually driven world, you think it would like be crazy that we're like immature when it comes to sex and like understanding things. But it's it's so true. Like we don't have those conversations with our spouses, um, but we'll listen to like the most explicit song in the world. You know, it's just like right, exactly, exactly thing to me. So, anyways, so first thing I would say 
um, is communication. You have to check your communication. How are you communicating with your spouse? How are you talking about these things? Are you talking about these things? Like, are you afraid to bring it up? Um, I was so thankful in my situation that Will was the one who initiated the conversation that led to us going to counseling. He like came to me straight up and was like, Hey, Grayson, I just don't feel like you're enjoying sex. And physically, I feel like you're here, but mentally, I don't feel like you're connecting with me during this time. And that was hard for me to receive, but I also knew that it was true. And so I knew at that point I needed to pursue counseling. And so it can be as much as starting a conversation. Um, and yeah. Are you good at conflict resolution? Do you listen to each other? I'm talking like communication, not just about sexual things, but like how is your communication in your marriage in general? Do you feel safe yeah. with your spouse? Do you feel like you can work through hard things together? Um, and that's where I would be like, dude, if the answer is no, for sure, go find you a wise biblical counselor because it gives you such a ground to be able to work on. Like, I don't know. I love that part. Yes. Second step I have for you is sex education. I have some incredible resources. One of my favorite ones is the actual like a book that Will and I went through and it's called Restoring the Pleasure. And it's by a couple, their last name is Pinner. And we, this is like a self-led, like if you're like, you don't know where I live, I don't have access to biblical counselors. That sounds really hard. Um, you can go through this book self-guided. Um, and it is basically the fast program that Will and I did. You don't have to do the 15 week fast like we did, which again, you might have to refer to the other podcast to get the details of that because that sounds crazy. A 15 week <laughs> fast, but, um, but it gives you just like amazing sex education. And I'm just going to say this like, sisters, if you think you don't know your body, you probably don't. One of the, I thought this was the weirdest thing I've ever had to do in my entire life. But one of the exercises in this book was that I had to get a mirror and take a mirror down there and just kind of explore for myself, my parts. All right. <laughs> and yeah. I remember being like, this is so weird and intimidating. Like I told Will, I was so freaked out by it. But some of those emotions also brought just like lies that I believed to be true about my body, that it was bad, that it was gross, that it was smelly, that it was like to be covered. Like, you know, it's just like things that I had believed that weren't necessarily true in the context of marriage with my spouse. And so that was a hilarious exercise. I, but learning my body, like literally looking at like a diagram of like, this is a woman's body and here is your body and identify these places and figure out what feels good to you so that you can tell your spouse like, oh, like I really enjoy this. Like, I know that sounds weird and hard and uncomfortable. Um, and I would even, you know, proceed in some of this with caution if you have ever had struggles with masturbation outside of you know intimacy with your spouse or whatever like you know check that check all that first but sex education right. get to know your body get to know your spouse's body figure out what feels good overcome any obstacles this was another exercise we did rachel that i loved so women often as we do in life in general we deal a lot with like insecurities about ourselves and about our bodies and we think mm -hmm. that those things that we don't like about ourselves they make us not feel sexy or desirable or whatever and so this exercise Will and I both had to stand naked in front of a mirror and he had to go from head to toe on his own body and say everything that he was insecure about. 
And then I would go behind him head to toe on his body and affirm, you know, that I didn't see those things and then tell him things that I loved about his body. And then he had to do the same for me. And when I tell that literally you, makes me want to cry. Why yes. am I about to cry over that? That's so that is that is the intimacy that like for some reason we have n- not we Thomas and I, I'm saying the collective we like have not unlocked and yes. to the world. They're like, oh, that's so freakish. That's so weird. I'm like, no, it's not. It's like we're looking at each other naked anyway. So why don't we just affirm each other and what our yes. insecurities are? Yeah. And we like take all this like we were laughing throughout this whole process. Like it was such a bonding thing beyond the experience itself. But I'm not kidding to you. Like when Will told me all of his insecurities, I had never seen them before in my life. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't even know, you know, like it was just wild to me. And he felt the same way about me. Like things that I pointed out on my body that he adored, like, and it was just like, oh my gosh, like, why am I insecure And like, I feel like you hear that all the time. Like if you could just see yourself through the way your spouse sees you or, you know, whatever, you wouldn't be so hard and critical on yourself. But I'm telling you, this was like a game changer for me. And, and I'm saying to also explore any other insecurities that you might have, um, not just physical insecurities or, um, just like, Hey, when I was in sixth grade, I heard this thing about, forgive me if I'm not supposed to say this, but like a blow job. And like, is that true? Like, how do you, what are your thoughts on that? Like, I don't right. really know, you know, like, yeah. talk about it, figure it out. Like it is okay. It should be the safest place to be able to talk about those things. And if you have to like giggle and smirk because you can't say penis or like whatever, like it's totally okay. Um, and then then I kind of break it down into three steps. So communication, sex education, removing insecurities, and then just like a whole sexual retraining. And this is where we're trying to like enhance your pleasure, reduce your anxiety and eliminate demand. And so demand is like a really big thing. When you feel the pressure and anxiety to have sex, then it makes you feel like you have to perform and it creates these really negative thoughts around sex. Um, and I really want, I really want men to listen to this podcast in the sense that like Will had to put in so much work too. He had to learn how to be sensitive to my needs. He learned, had to learn how to be empathetic. He had to learn how to create a safe environment for me. He had to learn how to rub my back and not push any further so that I could develop desire. When there's not an expectation that sex is going to follow, it leaves room for desire so like you think about it when you're dating or you're engaged there is so much room for desire because there's zero demand for sex if you're saving yourself for marriage so like you are revved up ready to go ready to have sex because you kind of know you can't have it and that's what makes just like making out or whatever so intense (laughs) but when you get married it's like there's always the expectation and that takes away the desire when it feels like there's a demand placed on it and so if you can learn together as a couple how to create intimate experiences that do not always lead to sex but then what's hilarious is a lot of times they actually will end up leading to sex because you felt desire. Um, and there's a book on this. I can't remember the name of it. I'll have to find it. It's another incredible resource that they break down just like different levels of 
uh, intimacy with your spouse. So there's like the green category, the purple category, and the orange category. Green is like love that you could experience with a friend. So it's like intimacy through conversation or whatever. Purple is like anything that you could experience with a boyfriend or girlfriend. So this is holding hands, making out, rubbing each other's back, whatever. And then orange is the only the kind of love you can experience within um, a marriage, like intimate relationship. And Will and I use that as a language. So like some nights I've had a super long day and I'm like, babe, all I have capacity for is just a purple night. Could you just rub my back? Like, you know, whatever it is. I love that language. Yes. Yes. It's so, it just makes it easy. And he knows what purple love is and knows that he can meet those needs for me. And then so many times I end up feeling so loved that he met that need of mine that like it actually might lead to sex. And um, sex is not the ultimate it's not like the if you don't get here you're not being intimate you know what I'm saying right yes 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 because like there have been moments in our life where I'm like we didn't even make out but he was like brushing my hair or he was like painting my toenails and as silly as that sounds I'm like dang like you love me enough to like do the silly things like even postpartum although like you know there were days like I said I was just like heck no but like he was doing the small things and like <laughs> like restocking my like maxi pads in the bathroom for me and I'm yes. like that is so sexy because I'm like he cares he's like in the nitty-gritty like in the grungy parts of life with me that he can like probably show up in the, like the super amazing parts too like I love that, that intimacy this gives a bigger picture and I'm so glad we're going there but like intimacy is so much more than intercourse or making out or like anything that you think of it being like a sexually desirable thing and that yes. the sex is sex starts before like you start taking your clothes off like this is a yes. the conversation you had this morning the way that you woke up like how you served each other throughout the day like that that's what leads to the healthy sex instead of the performative like oh it's been a few days or oh he wants yes. it again like sex that that no wife or honestly husband like wants to have they they know when we're just doing it to check a box yes and that's the other crazy thing like so intimate connection it involves daily and hourly decisions like I but like you said um will like there are times don't get me wrong where like I approach sex and it feels more dutiful than it does feel pleasurable um and that's just out of like pure service to will but we've come to a place in our marriage where he genuinely desires my full raw inhibited self where he'd like like be willing to forego just like a let's check it off because we need to because he wants to experience the fullness of me and not just like the service oriented me if that makes mm-hmm, sense mm-hmm, yeah. um which I think there's a time and a place for both but I'm just saying like he's like dude if you're not going to connect with me emotionally and spiritually while we're connecting physically like it's not as fun for him. You know what I'm saying? Yes. 1000%. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that this is like, I just, I wanted to unlock the conversation that I feel like women are scared to have. And I'd even say like, I am at a place now where like, I can have this conversation with my friends. Like I call them like my sexy friends. Like we talk about things, and, like we go yes. there and we share ideas and like we share funny things that happen or whatever, just because like we have that intimacy in our friendship. Granted, there are things that we definitely keep private, like Thomas and I just shared together, but yes. like to have those kind of friendships where like you have 
like the openness to talk about this. Like, I love that. But that hasn't always been the case for me. And I never had those mm-hmm. kind of friends to open up with and be like, oh, wait, like that's normal for y'all too. Oh, so like, that's not a failure of mine or a failure of his. That's just a human thing. Wow. Like, I yes. want this conversation to be that for the girls that don't have the friends yet to talk about this stuff with. Yes. In a healthy, safe, like boundary yes. type way, not just like a... <laughs> go for it girls yes. about your husband in the bedroom that's not yes. what I'm saying but um no no I 100% agree and I think in that too just like you said a healthy and safe place that you can take that and then just also make sure in those conversations like you're in a healthy and safe place because I remember like before I had gone through a lot of healing um a lot of those conversations that I would was having with friends they weren't necessarily safe and then I would go home and cry because I feel like felt messed up or like how are they able to like do these things that I wasn't able to do you know and so but now I'm like yes absolutely I feel like I'm in a healthy place where we can share a healthy conversation and this is great and like you said it's like oh wait y'all do that okay good we're good too like you know just like the funny things Mm -hmm. like that or even just like being able to share helpful resources healthy resources Rachel I died when you said that you and Thomas used the um the app what's the app ultimate intimacy (laughs) Yes, because we do too. Yeah. So I was just like dying I would laughing right now, but good. Yes. I was dying laughing when you said that. And you're like, some of the things are weird. Like, and I was just like, girl, don't feel insecure. Like, it is a great app. Like, I will pub the app. If you're like struggling with like needing creativity or some spiciness or like, you know, something like that, like it is truly an incredible resource. And then another app that I think is an amazing resource, it is called Card Decks by John Gottman. Um, Card Decks. Okay. And I'm obsessed. And they have all these different categories. So there's like date night one, and it's literally just like the most fun questions ever. Or there's like, um, I can't remember the titles of all of them. There's one that's like points of connection or something like that. And it's like, what did you think about me the first day we met? Or like, I don't know. There's all different kinds of just like fun, what I would say is green intimacy connection. Then they have fun purple intimacy connection. And then they literally have like the chili pepper, spicy, like (laughs) sexual intimacy connection. Um, And so that's another incredible resource too. Okay, we have something similar that we love. Um, they don't have any spicy ones, so I'm excited to go buy the spicy back. But um, yes. ours is called Our Moments. It's like a couple's version. It's conversation starters for relationships. Um, I'll link both of these in the show notes for people that are like, oh, I want to buy those. But we grabbed ours from Amazon and take them on date nights because it's like, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but like sometimes we're six years in in this marriage thing and like people that are probably like 12 years married listening to this are like, LOL, girly. <laughs> but I'm like, sometimes we just like run out of conversation or like the only thing we talk about is freaking airplanes. And I'm like, I'm done talking about airplanes. So like to have yes. conversation starters that give us like fun conversations that we've never had before. Like it brings up yes. conversations and things that we've never explored. I'm like, wow, this is so cool. And it's like a way to get to know your husband now because I would challenge yes. people listening like your spouse now is different from the spouse you married so get to know the man he is today because the man yes. he is today is there's something new about him to explore and discover and there's something new about you that he has to explore and discover but if you don't give each other the time and the opportunity to even have these conversations it's going to be tough for that to translate into your sex life because you feel yes. unknown unheard or misunderstood, which is the worst. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I, and love I would practicals. also 
I do too. And I like on the note of husbands, like I was mentioning earlier, I just want you to know, like, um, it is such a mutual pursuit. It is such a both of you thing to pursue mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And his role in it is as equally as crucial as your role. Um, I listened to, he, this is, while I'm on the note of resources, wow, I'm like spitting all of these out. Another this is book amazing. That I love, Keep going. Yeah, another book that I love is called A Celebration of Sex. And it's by Dr. Douglas. I literally don't know how you say his last name, so I'm not even going to try. Um, but he is an expert marriage counselor, and he actually specializes in affair counseling. So like if there was an Ooh, affair in your wow. marriage and coming back together for that. But one of the things that he notes, in there, which I think this applies to everything, no, like affair, not affair, is that there was a 100% rate of people, of couples staying together if the husband and the wife both wanted to be in it. If they both wanted to work towards a greater marriage, they were willing to fight through you know, the pain and the hurt and the hard things and the grief in order to stay married and have a great marriage. And I think that's true when it comes to intimacy too. If both of you are committed to this process, if both of you are committed to loving each other and working towards it, like it is possible. And like, you will start to be excited about your intimate life with yourself, but it does take both people getting on board. And that's one of the devastating things I hear a lot of times is women who are struggling and their husbands are unwilling to go to counseling. Um, And I would just start praying into that with all of your heart because Will was not necessarily not interested in counseling, but he kind of thought it was a me issue. Like I was having issues with sex and he just Mm -hmm. needed to send me to counseling to get better. Um, And I went to two counseling sessions before they said, nope, we're going to need both of you in here and you guys need a sex (laughs) specialist. (laughs) We got to get you upgrade. Yeah. Will grew up in the generation and mindset and understanding of like counseling is when you're on the rocks, you're about to divorce and you don't need to go to counseling until then. And so he really had to kind of overcome that in order to come to counseling with me and now it's his favorite thing I kid you not we still see our counselor that we've been seeing since 2018 and he gets mad at me when I like like don't prioritize that time and he's like you did what no you have to cancel that like we have our counseling session like you know he is so pro it because he's seen healing in my life because of it and he even said to me the other night like we just had a great night together just the two of us and he was like you have become such a free woman and that was just like uh, that was just such a blessing to hear because like I sh- shared with you those words broken scarred used like all of those things that was what I was bringing to our intimate life and to be able to bring freedom into it now is mm, chef's kiss you know Chef's kiss. We love it. We love to hear that. Congratulations. Um, I saw this statistic and I had to bring it up because I thought this was like wild. So this is from a 2007 Pew survey that found that happy sexual relationships was the second most important predictor of a marital satisfaction. And like 70% of the adults saying that it was super important for a successful marriage to avoid divorce, all things. But a relationships in America survey data reveals that literally one to two, so like 12% of all married persons, one to two out of 10 married couples reported not having sex for at least three months prior to the, to the survey. So they have like one out of two out of, okay, I got to say this right. One to two out of 10 couples have a sexless marriage, which is just like, 
breaks my heart because like it doesn't break my heart like oh like um like bless her heart kind of break my heart it's like a oh but you're not you don't even get like you're not even able to like I don't know how to say it like you're not even able to enjoy like one of the most enjoyable parts of marriage you know so yeah I just like it's more common than I feel like it it should but one to two out of 10 couples that's like that's actually a lot that's like if, yeah. you're in a, if you're in a small group with like 10 ish couples, it's like one or two of them like aren't having sex, period. Um, yes. So, this is something that's important to talk about. And as like awkward and uncomfortable as it could be to like hear about this, or it's funny, like people listening to this, I can guarantee you aren't listening to it on speakerphone. They're like definitely have their AirPods <laughs> in right now. Um, because I think like the enemy, I'm just going to call him out. Like Satan totally wants you to think that this is uncomfortable or that this should be awkward or this should be hush, hush, quiet, private, that you can't talk about this or explore it or whatever, because it keeps you in that isolated place, shameful place. And then it's hard to show up in the bedroom or wherever. (laughs) So I don't know. I'm just, I'm so glad we could talk about this just like openly and freely as women who aren't getting it perfect and we don't get it right all yeah. the time, but we are at a yeah. point where it's like, even if I don't get it right all the time, I still at least want to talk about it because it's that important to me. A hundred percent. I think with you. One other thing too, I want to know, I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but ladies figure out your turn on cues, like find uh, out what those uh, are for yourself. One time, one time I heard, um, like take sex and intimacy and all of that off of the table and, when you hear the word pleasure, like in what moments of your life do you feel pleasure? Um, and like, just to define pleasure, it's like finding enjoyment or something or gratification in something. And y'all, this literally changed my perspective too. So like when I think of pleasurable experiences, I like for me, I need to get outside. Like I need to be outside. I need to be in the sunshine. I need to feel like I've lived life and enjoyed life. I need to experience something new, whether it's a new food dish or a fun new cocktail or like, like those are pleasurable moments for me. And I notice that those things go hand in hand with me feeling turned on. And so I know that sounds stupid and ridiculous and crazy, but you all have turn on cues and you have triggers. And so when I feel alive, when I feel like I'm living my life fully, I'm like been turned on. Like this is a hilarious experience and I'm going to share this here, but the other night or uh, several weeks ago, we were bowling with my in-laws. Okay. Me and Will and my in-laws and we're just bowling. I hadn't been bowling since probably college. It'd been a really long time. I was having a blast. Okay. A full blown blast. Like <laughs> just having the time of my life. We left, I got in the car and I'm like, I just love my husband. Oh my gosh. You know, like I just felt so turned on. I could not wait to get home. And that was the connector for me when I realized, oh my gosh, when I'm having fun and enjoying my life, I get turned on. I physically get turned on. So how can I incorporate those things so that I can feel desire for my husband? So I was telling a friend, my friend group this, and one of my friends says, oh, so bowling with your in-laws is really what does it for you? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I was like, man, I guess so. Um, but find your turn on cues. Is it R&B music? Is it a lit candle? Is it an unloaded dishwasher? Like whatever it is, however you can find some pleasure outside of intimacy that kind of snowballs and rolls into intimacy with your spouse. Like figure out what those things are. Is it a back rub? Like back rub is a huge one for me in order for me to get to a mental space where I can start to relax my body and allow my body to be open to pleasure from my spouse. I'm like, bro, I need at least 10 minutes on a back rub. (laughs) And then so I can kind of run through my checklist in my head, get it out and get all those distractions out of my mind so I can be physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally present with Will when we're connecting in that way. So I didn't mention that earlier and wanted to circle back to that really quick. No, that's amazing. Like knowing your turn on is so important. And then like communicating them to him. Cause I think like, even if you were to say like, Hey, like when I have fun, like it's really hard for me to not be so excited to get home with you. Like, or when like, like for us, for me, totally. It's when I feel served and that you see the things around us that need to get done that typically fall on my plate, but you do them anyways. Like it makes me feel so known and so loved. The only thing that I feel like it's left next. It's just like jump on you. You know, I'm like, those are the Dude. things that he's like, okay, like now I know. And so what does he do? The man wants sex. He's not going to come grab my butt. He's going to go unload the dishwasher. He's going to pick up that broom. And I'm like, yes. So like Dude, that, that you have to communicate it and then like give to. them the opportunity to do that for yes. you because ladies, they want it more than I think that you know that they want it. So like they will do yes. anything to be able to love you and serve you in that way. So I love And that. it will eliminate frustration that way. Like once Will learned that, like even just, I'm going to try to say this quick because I've been talking for a long time, but even like Will knowing that, that I need to feel alive in order to mentally get to a place where I'm ready for sex. Like that would apply to us when we would wake up in the morning. I'm like, my alarm goes off or I wake up, my feet hit the floor. I want my cup of coffee and I want to go on a walk or like, you know, I'm ready to get moving. I'm not really a bed lingerer kind of person. Um, and that would drive Will crazy because he's like, we can never have morning sex because you just always get out of bed. Like you don't respond to any of my <laughs> physical pursuits or whatever. But it was like, oh my gosh, no, once I get out and do those things and I get the endorphins rolling, then I'm more willing to have sex later than trying to force it in a you know what I'm saying like it just gave him an understanding of like she's not rejecting me because she doesn't want to she just kind of needs to go have fun and have her coffee and just like be awake for a little bit before she enters into that space and so he was able to feel loved I was able to feel you know my tank and that doesn't mean that some mornings I don't wake up and be like I'm gonna serve Willie today and I'm not gonna have my coffee first like I'm gonna you know and it's just that give and take balance in your relationship and just it is such an intimate way of knowing yourself and knowing your person and being able to communicate that to each other. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just love it so much. I love it. You mentioned, I have to just say this real quick. I love it. You mentioned that um, when they know the root of it is not them and that it's not rejection. Like, it's not like, Oh, I'm not attracted to you right now. That's why I'm like uninterested in this at the moment. It's I haven't had whatever it takes to get me to an alive, I love that you said like to get me to a place where I feel alive to where it's yes. an overflow yet. So it's like, yes. it's not you, it's really me. <laughs> and like, yes. and that yes. break up it's not you, it's me, but like, for yeah. Real. um, <laughs> yeah, I got, I, like, I got an overflow and trust me, you gonna want the overflow. You're not going to want yes. the like scrape yes. in the bottom of the barrel kind of thing. Yes. And they know that too. So yes, I love that you mentioned that. Oh, but again, 
like the perk of communication just gets y'all yes. on the same page and everyone feels yes. loved and understood and not rejected or insecure, which is great. I know it. And then Rachel, I want to touch on one more thing because I kind of want to yes. ask you, I felt like you and Thomas like briefly kind of touched on like your postpartum journey. And obviously Will and I will be married seven years in October. So coming up, yes. um, and obviously we haven't had children yet. And so I know that that's going to be a struggle. And as we have started to, you know, talk about wanting to pursue having a family, I could tell that Will was really afraid in, in regards to our intimate life because we had worked so hard <laughs> to get it to a place where it finally works for us. And so we were sure. really afraid yeah. of the idea of introducing children. And one morning I woke up and I was having my quiet time and I just went over to Will and I was like, hey, Will, I was like, I hope you know that when we do have children, I'm going to continue to pursue intimacy with as much intensity and just as hard as I have over these past, like, however many years, like, I hope you, I have proved myself, like, that I care about this. I deeply care about this and that no matter what comes our way, I'm willing to put in the work and fight for this area of our marriage because I felt like he needed that peace. And I was just like, yeah. dude, have I not proved myself worthy? I've gone up and down to counseling. I've grieved my little heart out. I've cried. I've gone to PT physical therapy, which that's a whole nother thing. If you're experiencing pain, I got you yeah. there too, sister. I had to go to pelvic floor physical therapy and get all sorts of stuff massaged on. And that is a weird experience. But if you're there, <laughs> I can walk you through that too. But it was just like, I hope you know, like I have had so much faith that God would bring us to a place where we would enjoy this. And I don't want you to give up just because we have kids. I want you to see my track record and see how hard I've worked and have faith in your wife that I love you. And I want to continue to make this area of our marriage great. And just, I needed him to know that that was my mentality behind it because it is scary. It is intimidating. And I know you've touched on a little bit, just like postpartum and how it's hard and how there are other ways that Thomas has loved you so sweetly and intimately in that that doesn't isn't just sex you know but yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah no yeah postpartum was definitely strange just because you've never done it before there's no way to prepare until you're in it and like there's no way to prepare like I love the standing in front of the mirror thing I think that if y'all did that before you would just have to do it again I'm just being honest yeah. just, I mean yes. like personally because your body changes yeah. and I have new insecurities that I loved parts of my body before that like I just wish we're back to where they were before now okay. and that's not an option. So it's like, even if I were to like do all the things to feel like fit or strong, it's like, I don't know. I don't know if those parts would change. So it's like a matter of the heart more than a matter of the body that I, yes. I need to change. Oh, I so that. I'd say like, um, yeah, postpartum is just like a, such a weird experience, but with that comes such a new level to unlock of intimacy because of all of it. So I'd yeah. say like, I love that you guys have chased after freedom and healthy sex and reclaiming what that means to you and intimacy in your marriage, because those same practices, like, because they're the foundation of what you know and what you've learned and done together, it's just going to be like copy paste. Like it's going to be something, it's just something new to explore together that you're able to walk through these same practices. But like, for me, I felt like it was a hot mess express for Thomas and I just because like we didn't know we didn't have those foundations before. Like we had healthy marriage sex, I feel like truly because I feel like we're compatible and like we are just like as high school sweethearts have always been in love yes. with each other kind of thing. But yes. not all marriages have that. Some marriages come in completely different. Like I was saying at the very beginning of the episode, like everyone's 
healthy marriage sex looks completely different than somebody else's because we come in with different burdens, different experiences, different upbringings, different spouses. Um, that just changes things. So I think with anything, like coming in prepared is so important. That's why this episode is so cool. Could bring so many things to light. If you're listening and you're pregnant, like just go ahead and start working through these yes. things. Um, yes. Not to scare you, but to prepare you because like I think just being prepared can help expectations I love that little so much. rhyme you just did there. Not to scare, what? but prepare. <laughs> not to scare you, to pre- prepare you. I love it. Yeah, just like, the, yeah, just small conversations like this. If people wanted to know, um, I have this one, like one little fun sex question, just to get a little like spicy. Um, let's say girls after this are like, okay, let's freaking go. Like I am on a mission. We are going to have this conversation or whatever. Like, and they're just like really zealous to go after it. That's so cool. Um, what are some fun little spicy things that maybe you do? And I can share some of mine that plant seeds or pursue or serve Will and Thomas. Um, just like keep things fun, flirty and spicy. So it's not just going zero to 100 once you get in bed at night. Yes. So uh, this one's huge for us. And again, this is like super specific to us as a couple. And we discovered this in counseling. It was a whole hilarious experience. But um, just out of practicality my whole life, I've always owned nude underwear and a nude bra because <laughs> you can't see because, it. You know, it's yeah, always impractical. Yeah. And Will spoke up in counseling one day and said, why don't you wear like cuter underwear like you know and I owned lingerie like sure like if it and it was like reserved for like you know birthday sex or like Christmas or like whatever um and but I realized like I actually had a lot of shame tied to like sexy underwear because in my past I would like go and pick it out before the weekend knowing that I was going to be undressed in it and so I had a lot of shame and like wearing loud vibrant fun underwear or bras or matching sets or whatever. Um, and so I had to kind of work through that on my own. But like, I would say like, go buy yourself a new little G string. That's like super cute yes. or something lacy and fun, something you feel sexy in and let it be like a surprise. Like, even if that's something typical of you, make sure he sees you and like notices the effort you've put forth. Um, I definitely think you can spice it up with like, and you just feel confident when you have a little set on or like mm-hmm, cute underwear, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, so I would definitely say that I'm trying to think of any other little like fun, spicy. I don't know if this is spicy, but like if we can get each other to laugh, like that is usually a green light though. Like if we're just being lighthearted and giggly and like having fun doing something as simple as loading the dishwasher together or like, I don't know, like, there's just something about creating like ease and enjoyment in those mundane experiences that are like, let's, let's extend this fun into the bedroom, you know, like taking a bath together. That's a huge one for me. It's so relaxing, so enjoyable, like to just cozy up in a bathtub. Um, and like, if you don't usually do that, like initiate it, initiate a little bubble bath. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like there's so many things that are like so unique, but those would be three like just fun starters. So buy you some fun underwear. Also, this is a huge one for me, but like listen to these sort of podcasts together because it gives you a conversation around sex. And when you two are able to talk about it together and be mutually turned on, like go for it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, just yeah. find 
fun ways that you can talk about sex and like open up that conversation. Um, and uh, have a have a little margarita. A margarita always. Does. I was about to say a little tequila it, it always helps. Adds a little spice. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I was about to say like pour a glass of wine for you or a glass of oh, whiskey for him or whatever. Right. Like I forgot this one too. I forgot this one too. This was one of my favorites we did one night. We what? picked out our favorite because R and B music is a huge thing for me, and Will loves R and B music too. So we went on. We both got on our Spotify's and we like picked out our favorite like like turn you on R&B music. And then Let's we played, go. Yes, we played the playlist out loud to each other. If there was any overlap, we added it into a mutual playlist. But then Will picked his top three, I picked my top three. So we created this like bomb playlist. And it was so fun. And we had so much fun making the playlist. And then it was just like a fun little thing to have. And it's a fun little thing like to initiate now too like I can turn that old playlist on and Will's like oh this is our playlist you know like that's a mm-hmm. fun thing too so like R&B is totally one of ours too I always joke like Thomas is like nothing turns Rachel on like R&B music it's just so true um it's just like so soft and sexual just love it and something about the beat I don't know but that's definitely one of mine um I we have a playlist for sure like I feel like if if a couple doesn't have a playlist that's your homework for tonight go make a playlist yeah go um, do it it's so fun. Even like play it in the car on your way to or from date night. Like it's just so cool. Yes. And like yes. there's something truly like psychological that happens. It's like Pavlov. Yes. It's like when you hear d- yes. like the dog food being put into the bowl, the dog starts like slobbering. It's, it's the same. It is the yes. cue. For the um, if you don't have a playlist, you need a quick one for tonight, girly. We got you. Um, have you heard of Silk Sheets on Spotify? No, I haven't. Okay. A great R&B playlist. Just search Silk Sheets on Spotify. Okay, um, perfect. But there's other ones like Makeout Jams, Bedroom Jams, whatever. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I know. I can yeah. see the little Silk Sheet like icon now. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a great a great place to start if you are like us. <laughs> you're a fellow R&B <laughs> girl. <laughs> um, but no, like there's so many fun things. So yeah, ours is like playlist. Um Laundry, I, you know, I should actually break out laundry more than I have. Truly, though, I don't know where it is because we've moved so much recently. I need to find that. Yes. yes. Um, and then, oh, what? Sorry, that reminded me of one other one that was so fun. And I have to share with you guys. If yes. you need to like update your lingerie or you're like, I had a lingerie shower when we got married and I haven't like looked at it since then. One night, Will and I was like, I need to like go through my lingerie and get rid of some stuff and like get new stuff. And so Will was like, well, let's have a fashion show. And so we had a lingerie fashion show where I grabbed all of my lingerie that I had tried it on. Will told me what his favorites were. Then we talked about something like it was so fun. And like, let me just don't hear me say like I'm this confident boss girl that just like did that. Like I was terrified. That's like intimidating to me. But it was so much fun. And then we went shopping together and Will helped me pick out a new set. Like that was a fun way to do it. So when you find it, which again, I'm like empathy to the postpartum body and you might not feel comfortable and confident doing that, but it is a fun, a fun thing. Yes. Yes. I love that so much. Oh, it's so fun. Um, And then I'd also say like, this is always really fun, but if I'm ever in the mood and I'm not sure if Thomas is, which like spoiler alert men are always in the mood um <laughs> i will literally just like take my time getting out of the shower and like not get dressed quite yet like i'll brush my hair i'll do like my skincare routine just like standing there 
yes. completely exposed. Yes. And that was always really exciting for them. Um, uh, <laughs> what else is something that we do? I'll be honest, like Thomas is, I like, I know this sounds really braggy, but like, I'm just going to brag for a second. I feel like we've also put in work and gotten to a place too where like if he's in the mood, he knows like he's not just going to come up and like grab my butt. Like I said earlier, he's going to like turn off the lights, gather all the candles in the house like he did yeah. a few weeks ago. It was so cute. Like turned off the lights, got the Bluetooth speaker. Like he set the scene and not that there was like a pressure to it, but it automatically was like I was overwhelmed with like, yeah. oh my gosh, like he cares this much and like he got all my favorite like things all in one room he has this playlist going like it made me not to do nothing but say thank you in that way yeah and then taking a shower together is always fun we haven't had like the privilege of having a bathtub we both fit in in a while because we lived on a military <laughs> base so they like they definitely installed the smallest bathtubs ever um so it wouldn't be cozy it would uh, yeah. be very claustrophobic um i'm also barely five feet tall so you know I just <laughs> okay. kind of curl up in there um but showers are always really fun um yeah i don't know there's just like so many little fun things just get creative like think outside of like hey this is what we this is like what normal daily life looks like for me like where can I sexy it up like what yeah. like what about this can get a little upgrade and I feel like even going on that treasure hunt can lead you to a turn on to be like oh I'm so yes. excited for him to experience this yes. that I set up for him or like leaving him a little like sexy text in the middle of the day or yes. a note under his pillow or whatever um yeah and think- it'll lead you to something that's uniquely you like use your creative brain and figure it out and it's gonna be so fun and it'll be fun and unique to your relationship i totally agree with that ow ow let's go girls i'm like we're shania twain <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um we're gonna be your this- hype girls after yes this podcast hype girl rachel hype girl grace and go get it go get go get it girl um i'm like full permission to text us i mean to dm us and be like it worked (laughs) like we will celebrate you all along um i this is the girlfriend conversation that i think that we all just needed and these conversations happen in the world way more often than they should in my opinion i'm like this should be a christian first conversation because god made sex period (laughs) so like i'm so glad we are bringing this to the table having fun getting spunky um if people wanted to find out just more about you or follow you um where can they find you online yes you can just follow me at grace and warren on instagram and that is really the only place i spend my time um, I used to run a little blog, but that thing is no longer up and running. So, um, and I love, I sincerely love to have conversations to talk about this. Um, especially like my specialty is if you have sexual pain, past trauma, promiscuity in your past, that's my heartbeat. And, and I do just want to reiterate that I'm speaking today from a level of confidence that was not there just a few short years ago. Um, and I can't even believe, like I said, I can't even believe that this gets to be a platform that I get to speak on, but I had the faith to believe that God wanted to bring about healing in this area of my life. And it is so fun when you let God do what only God can do. Um, but you can DM me on there. And then if you want to DM, I also, I'm always happy to hand out cell phone numbers and we can have a little chit chat too. So you can find me there so sweet oh yeah everybody loves Grayson you should know that if you're listening like Grayson's just so much fun and so when we were doing this whole series and I was gathering up my girlfriends and less like not as many like experts and like you know I feel like I interview a lot of authors and like I love them but 
they started out as strangers. I was like, I need to have a series with just my girlfriends. And so this was so fun for you to come and join me and chat all about this. One thing that, you know, I was going to ask, maybe you forgot, but what's something that you're loving these days that you have to share with friends listening? Okay. And you know that this question gives me more anxiety than questions about sex because I love so many things all at one time and trying to narrow it down is just a few stresses me out. But (laughs) first things first, you all know the Volcano Candle Company, Capri Blue. But what you don't know about is they make a countertop spray. It's a multi-surface cleaner. And this stuff, y'all, I am so obsessed with it. It is amazing. I clean my counters with it before anybody comes over. It just smells just like the candle. And it is Oh my gosh, I'm so obsessed. And I work in retail and I, I sell these things like hotcakes, man. I can talk anybody into buying one. So if you're in need of a new multi-surface cleaner, you got to go check it out. Oh my Second gosh, I just thing, looked it up. It's like, it's like really affordable. It's $15. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, 14 bucks. It's awesome. And then I don't even have to tell you this one, Rachel, because I already know that you are in the fan club. But I bought into the hype of the Stanley Cup. And oh my gosh, it has changed my life. I'm so obsessed with the Stanley. Yes, the Stanley Cup is amazing. And then last thing. Yeah, last thing, jalapeno limeade drink mix from Trader Joe's to make a jalapeno margarita. It is so good. All you need is a little bit of tequila, a little bit of orange liqueur, the limeade and some jalapenos. And it's the best summer jalapeno margarita. It's so easy and so good. What a fun shortcut. Oh, I love that. Instead of having to get yes. all the ingredients, that's just such a quick little thing. Also, Trader Joe's is literally, oh my gosh, my third love besides my child and my husband and Jesus himself. I'm like, Trader Joe's, I cannot wait to get back to our Trader Joe's in Birmingham. I know. So I live an hour from one and I make the drive like once every other week because it is, it is so good. I don't know what sort of magic juice they put in that store, but it works and we're hooked. We're all hooked. Yeah. You like take the cooler, stock up, come back home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, Grayson, you are just, you're a gem and I'm just so grateful that you would share all these really like vulnerable details of your life with us to make other girls feel met where they are and to know that there's a like, totally hope for their future. They can, they can do it. They totally can. Yes. I'm so glad you thought of me and called me. I am happy to be the sex girl if it, you know, puts hope in anybody else's heart. So just go ahead, cue it up. That's who I am now. (laughs) I love it. This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode. Thank you.